Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me in your Bible to Psalm 145. Hallelujah. The 145th Psalm. I introduced this last Sunday, but there's just so much here in these two wonderful verses. I've had these verses marked in virtually every Bible I've had for many, many, and I've gone through a lot of Bibles. I wear them out, you know, and the pages start falling out, and then I get up to preach and I lose a page, and so I have to retire them, you know. But uh, uh, this is one of the verses that I make sure is underscored in my Bible because it's so precious to me. In verse number eight, Psalm 145, verse eight says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Praise God. Last week we talked about how gracious God is. And I pointed out, if you weren't here, you could get the CD. There's, I won't be able to say everything that was said last week, but it'd be worth getting. Talked about the fact that to be gracious means to be disposed to show favors. In other words, it's in, it's in God's nature. It's, it's in his uh, uh, inherent disposition to be gracious, to, to show favor to people. To, to be gracious, even when we don't deserve it, that he's gracious. Isn't that right? And, and then we, I talked about the fact that he's, that he's full of compassion. And, and to have compassion is the, the, is, the dictionary says it is to love tenderly and, and to be full of eager yearning for someone. And God is full of eager yearning for us. He's, he is full of tender mercies. And we read, you know, or, or at least referred to last week that the eyes of the Lord run to and, and fro, the Bible says, throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are upright towards him. That just means somebody in faith, somebody's lifted up their heart to him. He is, he, his eye is ever searching for an opportunity to show his grace and his compassion. And it doesn't just say he's compassionate, it says he's full of compassion. Full of compassion. Oh, glory to God. You know, God has power. He is all powerful. But, but the Bible never says God is power. But it does say God is love. That is, that is the most fundamental aspect of his nature. And that makes him to be full of compassion. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We, we read from Micah. You don't have to turn there, but we looked at it this, uh, this verse last week. It says he delights in mercy. He doesn't, he doesn't hold our sin against us. He forgives. Why? Because he delights. He delights in mercy. In other words, it, it's not just something, mercy is not, mercy is not just something that God has and that he extends, uh, he delights in it. In other words, he takes pleasure. 
Every opportunity God has to be merciful is we're the recipients of it, but he's the one that gets the most joy from it. Amen. He delights in it. There's not too many things in the Bible that, 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 that's, that say that God's delighted in. This is one of them. He delights in mercy. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. That's so good, isn't it? That's why I always say, you know, this is, this is part of my healing series. I started a healing series a few, a few weeks back, and this is part of it. Amen. It, it, it's, it's because he is so gracious that he's ever ready to heal. We gave scripture references, one in Mark chapter one, one in Matthew chapter 14, one in Matthew chapter 20, where the leper came to him who, with, with a need and he, the Bible says he was moved with compassion and he healed him. The multitude came to him and, and they were hungry and, and without any resources. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion and he, and he performed a great miracle, not just to show he's the miracle worker. He is the miracle worker. But what, what modern theology leaves out, modern theology, like I said, always wants to extol the power of God. I said last week, you know, we buy little children's books for our kids when they're growing up, you know, Bible stories. And all of the miracles in the Bible are in there. It's all about how Moses parted the Red Sea, how David slew Goliath and how Elijah called fire down from heaven. All of those things in, 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 are displays of God's power. Then you move into the Gospels and you see Jesus, the miracle worker, turning water into wine, raising the dead, walking on water, you know, healing the sick. And, and I said, the funny thing about it is modern theology and the modern church, they love a miracle working God as long as it stays in the Bible. In other words, stays on, in Bible days because they don't want any of those kind of things happening today. It's all good that they happened back then and they like to talk about it and read about it and praise God over it, but God forbid anything like that happened on a Sunday morning. Why? Because the church extols God's power more than his, his willingness to use that power. It's really not understanding the compassion of God. Jesus was moved with compassion. Well, is, any, is he any less compassionate today? No, he's full of compassion. God is full of compassion. That's never changed. The Bible tells us expressly that Jesus is the same back then, now, and forever. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. So we see him healing the sick and ministering to people. So mercy applies not, we often think of mercy and compassion, particularly mercy, as something that the sinner needs. The sinner needs mercy. But mercy is, is something that, that extends beyond just the salvation of our soul. Mercy extends towards the salvation of our bodies, the healing of our body. And, and not only that, he, he fed the multitudes because of compassion and mercy. So the mercy of God and the compassion of God lead God to meet all of our earthly needs, no matter how natural they are. Oh, God is that good and better than we know. Glory to God. I wanted to go back to this verse because there's just so many, there's so many things in this verse. I want you to notice in, in verse number nine, this is, this is Psalm 145, nine. The Lord is good to all. He's good to all. And I think maybe I quoted this last week. I, I didn't get very far into this. But 
In Luke 6, Jesus said, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. God is good to all. Jesus said, God the Father makes the sun to rise on the good and on the evil. You see, God's, God's full compassionate heart, his compassionate heart, his fullness of mercy, his disposition to show favors is so great that it can't be just satisfied by blessing his own. It has to overflow to even the wicked of the world. Bosworth, you know, he wrote the book Christ the Healer. If you haven't read Christ the Healer, uh, boy, everybody ought to have a copy of Christ the Healer and read it. But he made a statement. We have a, usually have a couple of copies in the bookstore. It says, how could God, who being unable to fully gratify his benevolent heart by blessing holy beings in heaven, extends his mercy to the wicked of this earth, how could he withhold the common blessing of healing for many of his own obedient children? But you know, often that's what people believe. They'll say, well, you know, we prayed and God chose not to heal. That's just out of character with God. Go with me to Romans chapter eight. We'll read this verse together. Romans eight. And this really says what Bosworth was just saying. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son. I hear pages turning. I want you to read this in your own Bible. So I'll wait just a minute. So important that you see this. Let this get into your heart. Now, I want you to understand the point that the apostle is making here. He's making a very important point. And it's such a powerful point. He said... He, God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? How could God offer his son on the cross? And like I said this morning, it was exacted and he answered. How could God require that of Jesus? And then when you know that in that same 53rd chapter of Isaiah where it said that he, it, it was exacted and he answered, in that very chapter, just a couple of verses before that, it says, he, he took our sicknesses, bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. And we know from Matthew chapter eight that that was talking about physical sickness and pain. How could God allow Jesus to go to the cross and have the full demand of justice and the full outcry of sin toward us. How could God put Jesus on the cross and judge him with that and pour all that wrath on him without, without making any concessions whatsoever and do it for our healing? as much as for our salvation. How could he then in turn say, well, I'm just not gonna heal so-and-so because I wanna teach them something. 
I want them to, 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 to suffer a little longer until they get things right. That's not God. That's not, that's not the will of God. It's out of character with God. That's the point that the, the Apostle Paul was making here and it's the, it's the point that, that Bosworth was making. And that's why Jesus referred to healing. Remember the woman who came with her daughter who was uh, demon-possessed? And she was healed. Why was, she, why was she healed? Because he described healing as the children's bread. And even though she didn't deserve it, because she wasn't one of the children of God, she was not a, a, a Jew, she was not under covenant with God, she was a, a, a Gentile who lived in a, a, a vile and filthy culture. No doubt, a very sinful lifestyle had led to the problems in her home. And even though she was not of the covenant of God, he said, it's the children's bread and he, and he gave it to her and her daughter was healed. How much more children of God? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Go back to Psalm 145 again. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Verse 8, the latter part of verse 8 says, He's slow to anger and great in mercy. Aren't you glad he's, he's not easily ticked off? <laughs> Where in the world would we be? Amen. No, he's slow to anger. Slow to, he's patient with us. Forgiving us, ever ready to forgive, to restore. Oh, hallelujah. The, there's two, there's, I'll put these two verses together. You don't have to look them up. But one is Psalm 30, verse 5. And the other one is Psalm 136. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, His anger is but for a moment. Psalm 136 says, But his mercy endures forever. <laughs> you see, God's anger, Jesus took the brunt of God's anger on the cross. And so when we miss it, our, our sin and our failure calls out to God. But as, as soon as he recognizes that, he remembers his mercy. Glory to God. God's anger is nothing, today is nothing more than a, than a, than a, a passing kind of uh, knowledge and then his mercy takes over. Hallelujah. His mercy endures forever. You cannot out God's mercy. Now, you can put yourself in a place where you can't receive God's mercy, but that's on your end. God never changes. Oh, glory to God. He's merciful. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to go now to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Hallelujah. Another one of those passages that you live in. Matter of fact, I I I, I read this psalm almost every almost every day of my life, literally, almost at least the first part of it. Psalm one hundred three, bless the Lord. That's a good way to start your day. That's the way I like to start my day. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and forget not all his benefits. Did you know there are benefits? We have a benefit package. You know, when you hire home with a company, that's one of the first things you want to find out. What's my benefit package? What comes along with this job? Well, when you got born again, you, you didn't just get your ticket punched for heaven. Think, if, if that's all there, if there was to it, that would be great. I mean, if we had nothing in this life but pain and sorrow and toil and, and, and disappointment and failure and need and, and misery, if, if, we had, if, if we had nothing but that all our lifetime, it would still be worth believing in Jesus. Amen? Because eternity is a long, long time. Amen. This life is like a vapor that appears for a little while and then it's gone. But eternity's forever. And thank God for thank God for salvation and the new birth and the fact that, that heaven is our home and we don't have to worry about the future. But besides that, there are blessings now. There are benefits to us now, and God wants us to take our benefits. God wants us to, to act on our benefits. If, if you work for IBM or some other company and, and you know, you have a, 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 is it the HR person? Is that who kind of deals with those things? They, they are, they're there to help you get your benefits, to help you file into your claims and to act on it. Well, God sent the Holy Spirit you know, as our HR person. He wants to help us file our claims. And our filing is not on paper and with ink. Our filing is in acts of faith. That's how you file your claim. Glory to God. And he's always there. Listen, the company's supplies are paid up. The, 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 the finances, the, the, the endowment, whatever's necessary for the company to meet your claim, to, to meet your need is unlimited where God's concerned. You can't make a claim that costs too much. I know when my brother, years ago, he suffered a terrible heart attack, so bad that he had to have a heart transplant. And after they transplanted his heart, he was a... a uh, uh, a uh, uh, engineer in maintenance, big word. He was a maintenance engineer, <laughs> went blank. He was a maintenance engineer for, for a big factory. He worked for uh, pharmaceutical, um, Merck. He worked for Merck, one of their big plants. And after he had a, a heart transplant, there were places uh, he couldn't go in the building anymore because he's on all these anti-rejection drugs, you know, and, and it would be unsafe for him to go into certain parts of the building. And, and, it, and, and it made, it made uh, life difficult for him, but also for the job, because he really couldn't do everything. And you know what? He, he ran out of benefits. I mean, and he shouldn't have. Contractually, as an employee, he had certain rights, but the company said, well, you know, we're not going to pay. He lost his job. And they didn't pay him either. They didn't, they didn't pay for his, for his health care because it was too much. Thank God. God will never do that. Our benefit package is secure. Glory to God. 
And, and the CEO is full of compassion. The CEO delights in meeting those claims. He delights in, in dispatching that mercy and, and, and dispensing that favor and, and meeting that need. He, it just, it's just nothing makes him happier. Don't, I started to say, I don't want you to think bad of your boss. Don't you, think you're, don't you wish your boss <laughs> sat in that office and his, his, big, his big need in life was, was helping you? <laughs> Woo, glory. Don't you wish you worked with somebody like that, huh? <laughs> He delights. He delights in mercy. Oh, glory to God. I'm so glad I found that out. When I found out that God wasn't against me, that he was for me, he said, what do you mean God's, God was against you? That, I, I, in church all my life, now I was taught salvation, that God loved me and he, Jesus died for me and, and I could go to heaven. I, I understood that. But when they tell you, when, when, when my daddy was, was killed and they told me, well, that was God's will, that he took your daddy from you at 11 years old. And when my little sister died at age 14 and all the family gathered around my grieving mom and said, well, you know, Teresa was such a beautiful little flower for God and he needed another flower in his garden in heaven. I said, no, he didn't. My mom needed a flower here. That's what I'm talking about. When my grandfather died and my grandmother died, so much so as a, as a young man, about 16, 17 years old, I told my mother, and I know it hurt her, but I was so, I didn't want to serve a God like that. And I said, Mom, as far as your God is concerned, that took my father, took this person, aunts and uncles and, and grandparents, through terrible wasting diseases, cancer and all sorts of things, if that's, if that's your God, I don't want anything with, to do with him. And I meant it. Because it seemed like he was against me. But oh, glory, when I found out it, that was not God doing those things. That was the enemy coming in and we have authority to stop it. And God gave us authority and he requires us to use that authority and he will empower us in that authority because God is all for us. Amen. He's not, the, he's not the one killing your relatives. He's not the one draining your bank account. He's not the one causing you financial problems. He's not the one getting you fired and getting you uh, this or that or uh, uh, you know all of the things in life. That's not coming from God. God's not doing those things to test you or to, or to educate you or to develop character in you. He sent the word and the spirit to develop character in you. Amen. This business of, well, God's doing this to teach me something and to bring character. I've noticed it produces very little character. I'm serious. In most people, it produces bitterness. And, and, and not reverential fear, but, but shrinking fear and lack of confidence in God. But let's get back to our, our passage. He's slow to anger, great in mercy. Amen. His, his benefits, that's where we're at. Hallelujah, I should get over there myself. Let me get to the benefits package. Amen, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You know, David here is, is telling his soul to bless the Lord. He's saying, soul, bless the Lord. 
Sometimes you have to tell your soul that because sometimes your soul don't want to. Your soul wants to gripe. Amen. Sometimes your soul wants to lick its wounds and magnify the problem. He said, so, so, bless the Lord. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now notice, who forgives all your iniquities. How many? How many iniquities? Is there anything God won't forgive? Who forgives? How many? Does that leave out any? Are there any times when he won't do it? Is there any any situation where he won't forgive your iniquities? Who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. Why in the world we think God would, would forgive all our iniquities but some of our diseases he'll make us hang on to? God doesn't require you to stay in sin to teach you something. <laughs> no, he wants you to forsake it, come out of it. He wants you to come out of sickness. Amen. He wa- That's why early in this series, I said, God wants you well. I don't mean that in a demanding sense, buddy, straighten up and get well. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the eager yearning and tender mercy, delighting in mercy. In that sense, he wants you well because he's provided it for you. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems, whoo, glory, who redeems your life from destruction. Glory to God. This is not something he does once in a while. He's continually redeeming your life from destruction. Most of us can think of situations and events in our lives where the enemy had a big trap for us. And it was great. I remember times before I even got back in a fellowship with God and I was running from God, angry, like I said, against God, doing everything I could to get away from him and to deny everything I ever heard about God. And, and there were times I was in so great danger and God protected me. I mean, I was running with the crowd and they were going that way. And I could have easily gone that way. But there was something in me, there was something in me, a, 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 a root of something in me. And it, was, and it was God who had been deposited in my life. And there was something in me that restrained me and I didn't go. There's something in me that said, no, don't take that next step. Don't, don't do that. Oh, thank God. He redeemed my life from destruction. My wife and I both, there are times when God has, I mean, miraculously saved our lives physically. He, he, he redeems your life from destruction. When I, when I meditate in this scripture, because this is part of my morning stuff, in my, see, I have a uh, scripture sheets I put together because I have a software that I can just download scriptures, you know, put it in, and, uh, and, and I put in the word continually, continually, because he continually delivers me from destruction, even when you don't know about it. Even when you don't, are not even aware, he's continually delivering you from destruction. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Woo, glory. 
We are crowned. We are crowned. God crowns us. He showers us with loving kindness and tender mercies. They come from us, come to us from every direction. Some, some of it we see, some of it we don't see. But he never changes. Glory to God. Crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now get verse five. He said, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Glory. Satisfies your mouth with good things. Now in the Hebrew text, and I'm not a, a, a scholar of Hebrew, I'm not even a scholar of English. I'm just, I mean, in, 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 the, in the Hebrew text, it's what they tell me, is that there's something in this, the wording of this, and it's reflected in the latter part of this. Notice it says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. There's something in this that satisfying your mouth, that phrase, it has something to do with age. And so the Amplified Bible says, where it says he satisfies your mouth, it says your necessity and desire at your personal age. God satisfies your, your necessity and desire at your personal age. Yeah. Whatever you need at your stage in life, he's right there to perform it. And, and he says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. That reminds me of, of, uh, of Psalm 105, I think, when it says that the children of Israel, he, it says he brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among all their tribes. Amen. There's approximately six million people walked out of Egypt that day, crossed the Red Sea. They had their livestock with them. They had their furniture. They had, I mean, they were just loaded down with silver and gold and jewels because, because the Egyptians just said, you're leaving? Here, take our stuff. They didn't, they didn't plunder them themselves. The, the Egyptians just gave it to them. The Bible says God gave them favor, favor with the Egyptians and, and, and God plundered the Egyptians. And they just, here, take, take all this silver and let's go, we don't need it. Here, put all this jewels around your neck, carry all this out too. Now what in the world were they gonna do in the desert? <laughs> Crossing the Red Sea into the desert, loaded down with silver and gold and precious jewels. Well, God, had the plan, God had plans for a tabernacle. They built a tabernacle out there in the wilderness and on the outside, it was covered in badger skin. So the, you know, the tribes, the, you know, the uh, 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 tribes, you know, that traveled by nomads, you know, they'd look at that, that tent and it didn't look like anything. It was just covered in badger skin. But you walked in the door, everything in there was gold. Everything in it was either pure gold or overlaid. Even the wooden post and, and, and hangers and everything was overlaid with gold. It had all manner of precious jewels and they used it to worship God. Oh, hallelujah. Your necessity and desire at your personal age with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And what I started to say was that, that tribe of people with all of their belongings, all their old people were there. All of the elderly were there as well as the young people and there was not one feeble person 
I don't believe in feebleness. Amen. I don't believe in it. Glory to God. God wants us strong to live out our full days. He said he would fulfill the number of your days. Who numbers them? You do. God doesn't number your days. You do. Yeah. By the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of the Lord, his days will be multiplied and his years, years will be added unto him. Yeah. We're the ones that, that decide the number of our days, but he'll fulfill them. Oh, glory. Well, I've said enough here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Here's the challenge. God is searching for an opportunity to bless whenever people make it possible for him to do, and you can do that. Yeah, that's up to you. Just place yourself where his mercy and compassion can reach you. By just humbling yourself before him and say, God, give me all of it. You know, a, a proud person will say, when you try to give something to a proud person, they'll say, oh no, I couldn't, I couldn't receive that. No, why? Because they want to they be their own God. Uh, a proud person say, oh no, I, I couldn't let you give me any charity. I couldn't let you do anything for me. I'm, I'm always supposed to do it for others. You know, that's pride. It is. A humble person will say, well, thank God. I, I, this is just, this is, you know, the Lord just wants me to bless you. A humble person will say, well, praise the Lord. I'll humble myself. Amen. That's what God's looking for. There's examples of people in the Bible who humbled themselves and, and that searching eye of God just locked in on them. One was Cornelius. He was a good man. One who was full of good works. Always helping people. Always, but he had to humble himself and come down off his high horse and say, God, I, I want all you have. And you know what? The eyes of the Lord rested right on him and poured out blessing and mercy. Another man was the, was the madman of Gadara. And he was an evil, wicked man. And he humbled himself before the Lord. And when the Lord got out of that boat, he fell down before him and said, oh God, have mercy. Son of David, have mercy. And worshiped him. He was an evil man. And the eyes of the Lord locked in on him when he humbled himself. And all of the compassion and goodness of God flowed into him. So it doesn't matter which category you're in or maybe you're somewhere in between. Amen. Just humble yourself before the Lord and let his eyes fall on you. Glory to God. Why? Because he delights in mercy. Because he's full of compassion. Glory to God. Where your healing is concerned, just let him be God. Just open your heart wide and by faith say, God, I lay hold of everything you have for me. I want your healing just as much as I want your, your uh, salvation. I want your deliverance just as much as I want your healing. I want your provision for me as much as in every category, as much as I want it in any other. And let God, you just watch what God will do. You just watch what God will do. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.